0: Welcome back to Stay In Your Lane. I'm your host, John Maley, this is brought to you by Triple T Transport. Today we got another gentleman that I really, really respect and I appreciate his time. We got Bob Costello. Hi, Bob, how are you? Good, how you doing, John? It's great to be here. Good, you know. You gotta be really, really busy with everything going on. Uh, the ATA, you guys I Believe, uh, hear a lot of stuff coming. And then uh, what's going on in our industry from an inflation and economic perspective? So everyone is dealing with inflation right now, Bob. Uh, And for our viewers and listeners out there, if you're if you understand you're dealing with inflation, hit the like button, subscribe, uh, communicate. We want to hear your thoughts. What do you see?
1: (laughs) You're right. There's a lot going on. That's for sure. It it is. It's it's interesting to try to read the tea leaves right now. Right. And you just threw a lot at me. So um, one is, you know, the freight market is slowing. It's not collapsing like the the spot market um we recently put out some some numbers that show in co- terms of contract freight um you know it's it's not going gangbusters but it is it's not collapsing uh, either um so you know i expect it to be a, a muted fall freight season you know consumers are transitioning back to um services more than they are in terms of buying goods uh also inflation as you mentioned eats into how much uh, consumers will spend on certain products right so if you're if you're you if you're a household and you're spending more to buy groceries well then that's less money that you have available to buy other other goods. With that said, you know, again, I'm not saying that there's going to be a collapse in the freight market or in the goods market. It, it will slow a little bit this year but, and next year, but I don't see that. Um, in terms of inflation, it's, it's really two different types. So just like the truck market, by the way, I think is bifurcated. Its spot is really tough and contracts not too bad. Um, I think inflation at this point is a little bit of is bifurcated Uh, goods. Inflation overall, if we take out sort of the commodity based stuff, uh, goods inflation is, you know, it looks like we hit peak inflation in in terms of goods. Um, But services, you know, um, is going up um, and accelerating. And really, if you think about it. as households, uh, we spend more on services than we do on goods. So um, that's really what the, the the Federal Reserve is grappling with, and why I think they stay the course in terms of um, you know increasing interest rates uh, throughout the rest of this year, including a, a meeting coming up here soon. Um, energy markets, as you mentioned, really interesting, and 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 so. I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, one of the things is, um going on is Europe is is weaning itself off of Russian energy, right? It's yeah. not there yet. And one of the things that they need is not only LNG from the, from the U.S., but they are going to need more diesel from the U.S. Well, diesel inventories in the United States are very lean. And we're coming into, I mean, it's starting to really cool off. You can tell by my attire here. And, uh, and that means we need um, not only diesel to haul freight around, but we need a diesel in the Northeast to heat a lot of homes. And so I think there's gonna be some upward pressure on uh, this winter, um, not only on prices, but we may see, um, you know, I don't wanna cause any panic. I, I'm not saying we're gonna see shortages, but one of the things this administration is grappling with is do we put an end to diesel exports? And, and yet that's a tough thing to do because it's our allies in Europe that are going to need it because they're weaning themselves off of Russian uh, diesel and other energy uh, uh, goods and products. So I think the energy market is something that people need to watch as we go forward through the rest of this year and early next year, because it could get really interesting.
0: Um, I saw last night... Uh, that uh, we were at a 50-year low on our reserves.
1: Yeah, that's the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. And the administration decided to help with uh, with oil prices, that they were going to dump that oil onto the market for additional supply. Um, of course, OPEC Plus has decided that they were going to cut. Now, listen, in reality, they were not producing all that they could okay they weren't there anyway so i don't know how much of that reduction is real and how much of it's more of a a signal to the market from their perspective um but uh yeah we we've sold a lot of oil out of that um, strategic petroleum reserve that we've got in the us and and got it down to a decade's low level and should again there this is you know i don't i don't think we're going to be there but um should there be any problems this winter um we don't have a lot of supply in that uh left so that will be interesting and then what does the government do when they go to restock it right then they're buying more oil off of the market and that's going to drive up price so um there's some things that are you know energy policy this this fall and winter into next year is really going to be interesting. You know, one last thing on this, John is, is you know, um, uh, our shale oil, right? I mean, we're we can produce more, um, although it seems to be leveling off here. Um, remember when you, you know, when the Saudis pump oil? I mean, they're making they make money at just a few dollars a barrel. I mean, it's quite remarkable. It's easy to get it out of the ground there. Shale's not that way, right? Shale's a lot more cost uh, and production intensive uh, than, uh, it's gotten better over the years, but it's still a lot more than, say, in Saudi Arabia. So, um, you know, they they make more, you know, the price of oil uh, has to be higher for us to be able to pump. But at the end of the day, it's refining capacity that is really limited in the U.S. and in Europe. And in Europe, it's limited because they just relied on on Russia, Russia produces a lot of diesel. And they were just sending straight diesel to Europe that they're not going to have anymore. And they re- were relying on that um, come early next year. Uh, in the U.S., we haven't built a new refinery in, I don't know, two and a half decades. And yes, right. we've reduced
0: refineries. We've gone down, right? We've, we well, have less.
1: Yes, we have less. Now, it doesn't mean that those the, the ones we have, those have expanded production, right? Okay. So, But we do have fewer of them. and and think about this forget all the red tape like let's just put the red tape aside and let's say there was none if you are do you really want to invest billions of dollars into a refinery when you see that the U.S. government is pushing um, alternative fuels like electric for cars right I don't know that you want to do that so um, that's you know some of the issues that are you know hurdles in in energy policy.
0: Well, no, I I think that that's definitely a a different perspective than we see. We know that there's different types of crude. There's different types of, like, you know, shale oil, et cetera. Um, I don't know that most people realize it's probably more expensive to convert for us a lot of those products than even the $5 mark we're seeing today.
1: Yeah, so, you know, you bring up a good point, and that is we our refineries cuz for years and years we we got our crude oil from venezuela um that's heavy sour crude our refineries are set up to to refine heavy sour when you frack or and you get oil from Shale, it tends to be light sweet crude. So, what we we do is we will import, not from Venezuela anymore, but we will import the heavy sour and we will export the light sweet because our refineries are not set up to refine the oil that we generally uh, produce. One of the things the administration has talked about, and it's very controversial, um, is okay, do we put some pressures on Venezuela to make some changes in their uh, with their government, in their society, and then we would start buying, uh, allow the purchases of Venezuelan oil again. So that's also something that, uh, in terms of energy policy, they're looking at.
0: Yeah, but that doesn't happen overnight.
1: No, it doesn't.
0: I mean, you know, like you said, changes in policy, you know, three to five quarters. We're coming up on, you know, the three-quarter mark when, when interest rates started to be bumped.
1: By yeah, the yeah. Year, I we're mean, I guess that
0: three-quarter point.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, if you're if you're talking about maybe GDP and all, I think the GDP in the third quarter is going to be pretty, is going to be not bad. I think the likelihood of a recession happening, um, and I think that has definitely gone up. And, and I would say is probably the baseline forecast right now is for a shallow, uh, a, a, a not a, a very not a terrible recession. Right. But a recession nonetheless is probably early next year and it's going to be relatively short. Um, the way we stand, but we've seen the most aggressive interest rate hikes that we have seen in decades. Right. And it is, I mean, really only uh, the early 80s and the early 70s is even matching, is, is surpassing it. Otherwise, it's the most aggressive we've seen. So that's going to, it takes six to nine months to fully, when, 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 interest rate hikes go into effect, the full ramification of that doesn't hit for six to nine months. So we've still got a lot of that to go. That's why I think it's early next year when you start to see a, a moderate recession.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think the, the reality is in the trucking industry, I don't think we're gonna see diesel come down. Uh, if anything, I think I, I would be guessing it's gonna go up for a while, especially through the winter and into the spring. Would you say that's accurate or inaccurate? You know, you,
1: you, 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 that is probably the case. I will tell you that uh, energy prices are one of the things I hate to forecast, yeah. and nobody's very good at it. Right? It right. is. It is very difficult. But in general, the, the the way things look today, it is much more likely that those prices go up, not come down.
0: Yes. Yeah. and and that's. I I don't think that. I don't think that anybody who's been paying attention is going to argue that. So I, I hope that that didn't put you in a, in a an unfair position asking or phrasing the question that way. So energy prices and diesel fuel wars are somewhat tied together, and in a lot of areas. And with the war going on right in Europe, uh, the the impact of what's being done to, to try and be a lot of the the countries over there to be independent, you know, that's putting more pressure on what we we're doing. On top of trying to sustain for ourselves, right? Yes. So it's it's a big picture, definitely. Thank you for sharing that with us. It's a
1: global, you know, everybody asks, you know, is, is the U.S. energy independent? No, we're not, okay? Even because of the things I talked about earlier, we do produce a lot of oil, like in the top three in the world. But we export a bunch of that and we import as well. So we are interdependent. We're not energy independent as a result.
0: Right. And that makes sense. Would you said uh, we've kind of peaked on inflation? You think it's you know, for most durable goods?
1: Listen, I think inflation is going to stay overall going to stay stubbornly high. OK, um, but I do think there are there are signs that in the goods side of the economy as, and, and outside of commodities that we have seen what we call peak inflation. In other words, the year over year gains are are have hit their highest level and it's coming down. But it doesn't mean that it falls significantly either. Right. So we've hit what we call peak inflation on the good side. I don't know that we've hit peak inflation on, on the uh, services Service side. Services
0: side. Yeah. Right. That may still be coming. But no, I, I think that you bring up some really good points there. Uh, for all of our listeners, I don't know that anybody has a crystal ball, but we're very, very appreciative and thankful for what you're able to share with us because uh, it, it, there's no other way to look at it. You, you bring a value and you give us a different perspective and you give our viewers a different perspective and understanding what we're all dealing with and that it's, it's unilateral. You know, even if we're independent in the United States from an energy perspective, we still are supporting other people and working with other countries so that the interdependent scenario is always going to be there unless everybody in the world is totally independent.
1: Yeah, that's not the case. No, it's, it's right. I would, I would tell your listeners, really watch the energy markets coming up because I think there's going to be our, our allies that are, are going to be hurt even more than we are. From this are going to need our help, and but that's going to put a lot of upward pressure on us, likely on our own uh, energy market.
0: Well, that's that's definitely understandable, and I I I see that picture. I didn't have that picture before sitting down here with you. So always appreciate you, Bob. And no problem. All right, you take care, and thank you.